1: Our number three here on Home and Home, Sports Original, we are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Right now it's ziprecruitercom slash enter. What NFL quarterback that retired made $2.75 million per NFL win? We'll talk about that later in the program. Yes. $2.75 million per win. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. We will both be up late tonight. We cannot wait for the Chiefs and Broncos in Denver on Fox and NFL Network. Let's talk to our friend James Palmer, who covers the Broncos for NFL Network. Good to see you, my friend. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. This is an outstanding Thursday night matchup, but all these guests and Ross are making me nervous, man. They say the Broncos should win this game outright. Do you agree?
0: I don't know about win this game outright. I did raise my hand on that previous uh, which quarterback I wanted to answer <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful chat. I can I want to be a part of that one too. Later in the show, I might want to try to stick around. Deal. But I, I don't know if I can say the Broncos should win this game. I mean, they're, they're not they're not a better football team than the Chiefs. But if you look at what's happening right now, and I talk about this on, on Good Morning Football this morning, where We are seeing Patrick Mahomes really go go through adversity for the first time as a starter in the NFL. And he was asked about it this week. He was like, I've been through adversity at Texas Tech. I've been through adversity when I was a rookie here with the Chiefs and Alex Smith was the starter. I'm like, so you haven't been through it yet as a starter in the league. And that obviously when you win MVP your first year as a starter and you lose a coin toss in overtime to Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl. So I think seeing what Mahomes does in this game is going to be really telling. Obviously, there's an avalanche of injuries for the Chiefs, but this might be setting up, because of everything I said, either Patrick Mahomes is going to show us he can put this team on his shoulders despite everything that's going on and with a bum ankle, or maybe Vic Fangio should be getting a little bit more credit of what he's done the last couple of weeks in tinkering with this team. I do think, with being around the Broncos all week, they do have a a fighter's chance in this game for sure, and I think three weeks ago, nobody would have thought that. James,
2: always good to see you, always good to talk with you. I'll start with the Chiefs part of it, and you mentioned the injuries. They ruled a bunch of guys out yesterday. I couldn't even keep track of all of them. How serious (laughs) are these injuries to guys like Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins, Eric Fisher, etc.? And how concerned are the Chiefs about their injury situation?
0: Well, obviously, let's start with the offensive line. You know, you've got both guys on the left side of your line. And, Ross, you know all about the O-line. It's, it's, Eric Fisher had sports hernia surgery in Philadelphia with the guy who does it better than anybody else. He's starting to come back and feel a little bit better, but I'd say he's still not there, and he's still probably not going to play for a little bit. Andrew Wiley, their left guard, has an ankle issue that's kept him out now. This is two straight games. That's a big deal and something to be concerned about when we talk about what's bothersome when you have a quarterback – That is extremely mobile, but not with the ankle injury that Mahomes is dealing with. Chris Jones is a week-to-week thing, which when teams say that, that's usually several weeks. And that's a big guy in the middle of this defense where they're already bad against the run. They already have other injuries on that defensive line. That's a big issue. Anthony Hitchens kind of coming back. He missed last week with a groin. That helps him a little bit. Fuller's a thumb. So I'm expecting next week he'll kind of maybe be clubbing it out there uh, and seeing what he can do. But these injuries don't help on a short week at all. They don't help at altitude. And for a defense with the guys we just mentioned on that side of the ball, to be shorthanded on a short week after you were on the field for 40 minutes almost last week, I think that's really tough. And the Sammy Watkins one is one that I think is sooner than some of the other ones. I think Kendall can come back next week. I was a little bit surprised Sammy wasn't playing in this game.
1: Talking to James Palmer from the NFL Network, follow him, James Palmer TV. He's in Denver previewing the KC and Denver game. So that defense, that Chiefs defense has allowed four straight 100-yard rushers, and Josh Jacobs ran for 99 before getting dehydrated. Is it about the injuries, personnel? What is Kansas City saying about the adjustments they've failed to make through six weeks?
0: And the biggest part of it is, you know, Andy Reid says this is not an effort thing. This is not an effort problem with our guys. And then Frank Clark tells us in the locker room when I was at that game against the Texans where he said and openly admitted, we've lost our passion. We've lost our fight defensively, and we have to go find it. When I talked to guys in the Texans locker room, they said they could tell. They could tell they broke the will of this defense. And that's something you don't want to hear because everybody you talk to stopping the run is an effort thing and they've missed 58 tackles this year already which doesn't help them tonight because philip Lindsay's already broken 20 some tackles this season already so tyron matthew said it best and i think the injuries we talk about up front what we do- alluded to a little bit earlier is this when it gets to the second or third level matthew said our tackling isn't that good and it's really difficult to tackle in space when it gets to the second or third level well that guy right there that screaming hairdo he is brilliant in space. So if you can't get him at the defensive line, I think the troubles are going to continue. And the other part of it is you're keeping your MVP quarterback off the field. Being in that game and watching that game last Sunday, Patrick Mahomes was on the field in the second half for under six total minutes. And, and that, that loses you football games. So they're not only hurting themselves as a defense, but they're hurting their ability to win games when arguably the best player in football isn't getting a chance to get on the field. James, I know
2: they started out 0-4, but it's crazy because Dave's a Broncos fan. We've talked about it. They could easily be 4-2 and with a couple of those rough calls they got at home against the Bears and the Jags. And you look at the complexion of the AFC. Is it crazy to think that the Broncos could get to 10-6, and maybe 9-7, and 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 maybe still have a chance at the playoffs?
0: It's not crazy, Ross, at all, when you think about the two games that you bring up. And it's funny because everybody in Denver is going, all right, when is Drew Locke coming off IR and we can make this switch at quarterback? Well, you look at those two losses. It's two-minute drives at the end of the game that Joe Flacco leads you down for a touchdown and two-point conversion and leads you down and gets points the second time around. And then the defense is the one who falters in both those instances. They're 4-2, and like you said, and everybody's going – Joe Flacco's doing enough to win you games. This was a great move getting Joe Flacco instead of everybody right now at two and four saying he's the problem. Everybody I've talked to says, first off, I'll put this out there, that Joe Flacco has not been the issue. But the part of it that I think we should be looking at is the way Vic Fangio has coached in the last two weeks. Let's break that down. Like, you have issues against the run. Leonard Fournette runs for 1,000 yards against you. He brings in Mike Purcell a guy from the AAF at nose tackle that he remembers from his time with the 49ers with Vic Fangio. And he stuffs up the middle of the defense. Shelby Harris, who's not really a nose moves out the defensive end and they put him out there. Those are two moves that are probably going to stay. Linebacker spot was looking weak and undersized. They bring in a 250 pound middle linebacker out in, in, in AJ Johnson, who made his first start in the NFL two weeks ago, gets the game ball and a pick last week. He leads them in tackles and has a sack and a half and then he finds a way to make Kareem Jackson still their safety with all the injuries in the secondary. The point I'm making is they're playing better now than they were at the beginning of the season. You talk to people around the league, you switch defensive coordinators, it can take a couple of weeks sometimes. I don't think we're giving Vic Fangio enough credit for what he's doing with the roster that I think a lot of us could say the last several drafts hasn't made it that great. I think the coaching job he's doing and what I brought up about Flacco it's not a shock if they win tonight, and it's not a shock if they get double-digit wins this season.
1: I just can't hear. I, I can't believe all this I'm hearing, but I'm thrilled to hear it. Bradley <laughs> Chubb's injury was thought to be devastating at the time. Uh, was it a matter of these guys taking some time to learn Van, Fangio's system? What do they say about the old man?
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing, Dave. When when they're not doing that much differently than what they were doing at the beginning of the season, when I talked to Fangio, I said I haven't really changed a whole lot. I talked about changing some of the personnel, but what they're doing and what he wants them to do, he hasn't changed a bunch. They're just starting to figure it out, and that's kind of what I brought up. Where it takes some time sometimes when you change defenses. You got to remember here in Denver, with the, some of the guys have been here for a while. You went from Wade Phillips to Joe Woods, who ran essentially what Wade Phillips runs, just not as good. And you've had kind of a similar system all throughout. Now you have a guy coming in that's doing something different. And sometimes it takes a little time. And the guy right there in the front of that picture is really a game changer for this team. Now, he was a corner right in Houston forever as a first-round pick. And then they brought him in here, and they want Kareem Jackson to be a starting safety. And With injuries, they weren't able to do that. He's able to do that the last two weeks. That's changed this defense. And a lot of it is what I was told this week when I was with the Broncos Vic Fangio has been coaching his you-know-what off. And I think with Vance Joseph and what went on after Gary Kubiak's abrupt retirement, they were looking for somebody who's not their friend, who's coming in to be stern. He doesn't give compliments a whole lot. I think they know the respect that Vic Fangio has. And there was obviously some kinks that had to be worked out. And they're playing a lot better now than they were. And I've been told a lot of that goes on Vic Fangio.
2: So curious, uh, James. You mentioned Joe Flacco, and I know Flacco. People—he's the butt of people's jokes. Everybody on social media hates him. I, I get it. I, you know, he hasn't been as <laughs> successful over the last few years. But it seems to me like he's actually playing all right. I, I know people don't like him, but it seems to me like he's been playing this year about what I'm guessing the the Broncos thought they were going to get from him. What do you hear about? How the Broncos feel about what they've gotten from Flacco so far this year?
0: Yeah, I think the last part of it, Ross, is, is the telling part. You know, you talk to coaches around the league, and, and the last thing they want to hear is, well, I don't know what we're going to get from our quarterback. Well, they're getting exactly Joe Flacco. Like, I love that everything you brought up is entirely right. The butt of Joseph, But he's playing like he's always played. He's actually on pace for some of the best numbers of his career through these six games. He's playing what? the way they thought he would play now the part of it is and I don't think people bring this up enough look at every single skill position player around him he has Emmanuel Sanders coming off of an Achilles he's the only guy with pelts on the wall that has done it the other guy is Cortland Sutton Deshaun Hamilton two guys in their second year Sutton has played really really well of late he's starting to get a lot of trust from Flacco the backfield is Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, two guys in their second year. Your tight end is a first-year guy. Everybody around him is either in their first or second year that he's throwing the football to. So we needed to see if any of these guys were going to step up and help him. It's not like he was given, you know, this unbelievable roster around him. And I'm not even bringing up the issues on the offensive line, specifically at left tackle, where Garrett Bowles is due for a few five holds a game maybe. So he hasn't been dealt the greatest of hand in what's around him. And I think he's done a pretty good job. And the Broncos think that too, with the the, specifically with the system that they've put him in. And it's really similar to the one year he had with Kubiak in Baltimore, where he put up some of the best numbers of his career. That's how they knew this system would hopefully fit him well. It does fit him well. It's just some of those picks have gone off guys' shoulders, gone off guys' hands. Um, I think there's more to look at than the touchdown interception ratio. Flacco is not playing that poorly uh, in the eyes of the Broncos at all. James, I also
2: know that you get a great feel for the Houston Texans. You do a great job every time you're in Houston. Something going on with that team. Two games in a row, Deshaun Watson has not been sacked. If you would have told me that after watching the first few games this year, I would have laughed in your face. The combo of that offensive line and how long Deshaun holds the ball – I feel like there's some pretty good mojo going on in Houston right now. What are you hearing, and what's going on with the team where they have back-to-back games, no sacks of Deshaun Watson?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's perfect you brought that up. I was talking to a couple of their coaches on the sideline before that game against the Chiefs, and and after talking with them, I walked away going, they're going to win this game, and I don't have a doubt in my mind. And when I was in their locker room after the game, multiple players told me, we should have won by 21 points. And, and you know what? That's not an exaggeration. Will Fuller dropped two touchdown passes. DeAndre Hopkins dropped the touchdown pass. It would have been a touchdown pass. It was on the one. Hop told me I needed to drop a pass so people still believe me that I'm human. Um, but, but that guy right there told me after the game, I'm playing the game now at the speed that I want to play it, not the speed that defenses are making me play the game. And I, I thought that was a really telling quote. Obviously, the offensive line is a big part of that. Laramie Tunsell getting kind of now starting to figure out what's happening in front of them was really, really big for them. Uh, Losing Titus Howard at the right tackle spot for a couple weeks now with that MCL injury, it's going to be more than a couple, but maybe a month. We're going to find out against this Colts team on Sunday, which is a game I'm going to be at, actually, uh, if this offensive line can hold up. But I think what he said was, you know, I don't think he was breaking a sweat in that game against the Chiefs at all he's got enough guys around him and when i was talking to andre johnson who now works with this team we were joking about kenny stills is going to be coming back we talk about the speed the chiefs have deandre hopkins will fuller kenny stills kiki Q.T. all of them staying healthy and the tight ends have been a little bit productive of late this could be a really dangerous team and as brian baldinger and i both are doing that game on sunday baldy told me he's like dude this this might be one of the better teams in the afc that nobody's talking about
2: Last question, James, we're going to talk a little bit about Brock Osweiler and he retired yesterday. I remember you being close to that situation when the Broncos made him the offer and then he went to Houston and everything. Uh, I remember being fascinating. I remember him not going to the White House, which I thought was a total bonehead move. Um, I guess it's a two part question. What do you remember of Osweiler making the decision to leave Denver to go to Houston And what do you think he'll do in retirement?
0: I'll answer the second one first because I have no clue what he's going to do in retirement. Um, So I'll just get that out of the way right off the bat. The first part is really fascinating. I mean, we talk about the job Gary Kubiak did with Brock Osweiler coming in for Peyton Manning during that stretch is remarkable. And they don't win the Super Bowl with what – Kubiak did with Brock and the way Brock played. I remember being at that game and him beating Brady in the snow. That just doesn't happen, right? People don't beat Brady in those conditions. And Brock Osweiler did that. And it was a really weird falling out. At the end of the game, end of the season, remember, he gets pulled for Peyton Manning because of a gut feeling by Gary Kubiak in a game that he, I remember being at, was not playing all that bad. Emmanuel Sanders, he threw a touchdown, almost touchdown pass to him. He fumbles at the one. A pick goes off another guy's shoulders, and it really wasn't his fault. That moment right there was where things ended for Brock Osweiler in Denver. He ended up icing out all of his teammates. Nobody had heard from him during the entire negotiations and ends up going down to Houston where they've just been starved for a quarterback for so long, pretty much the eternity of the franchise, and paid him out the wazoo to go down there. A lot of people, myself included, thought sticking in Denver even though his feelings were hurt was going to be the best situation for him because, as I alluded to earlier, Gary Kubiak was the best situation for Brock Osweiler, the way he handled him and the way he probably was going to handle him moving forward. It was a really wild, short ride for him here in Denver, and then it was a really wild, short ride in a different manner for the way things went in Houston. A lot went down in Houston uh, before he departed there. Just a really weird, short career for a guy that made a boatload of cash uh, as a second-round pick from Montana.
1: It's astounding. $41.3 million. He owes Gary Kubiak at least a new Mercedes. That was the answer <laughs> to the trivia question we started this half hour with. Who made $2.75 million per win? That is Brock Osweiler. James Palmer, great to see you again, my friend. Enjoy Broncos Chiefs tonight. In mine and now your hometown. Appreciate the time.
0: No problem, guys. Love talking to you, too.
1: It's incredible. $41.3 million for a guy that won 15 games. You can only think of one guy, Ross, that did better per win. And I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Sam Bradford. That's the guy. Sam Bradford, man. $130 million in career earnings. He tops Brock Osweiler. He made three million dollars per NFL wins uh, for his 34 wins. Remarkable I, careers.
2: You know what? I think there's somebody else that beats that, maybe. Maybe Chase Daniel. Let me find out. Chase Daniel only has on like that. two. Chase Daniel only has like two wins. And he, he might not even have that many. And he's made like $30 million or something crazy. Chase Daniel has made, I'll look up the money. You look up how many wins. Chase Daniel has made $34 million. <laughs>
1: then he I think he's only like started four games. There's no way he's won enough games. Yeah, he is certainly the, the easily the leader in the clubhouse. Given that, I didn't realize he had made that kind of cash. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. He is two and
2: three. Who Chase Daniel. $17 million per win. $17 wow. million dollars per goat. win as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's Dave, the I look at it, and I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm not a hater, right? But Brock Osweiler, seven years. I played seven years. Brock Osweiler, what, started 30 games? I started 25 games. Brock Osweiler, $41 million. Ross Tucker, not even 4.1 million dollars. I mean, ah! uh, I'm very thankful. I'm very happy. I'm very fortunate. Blah blah blah. blah. But man, it'd be it, that would be nice. I mean, if I, I and so if the we point can point. talk about this. I gotta tell you about ZipRecruiter quick, but we can talk about this. Like, what would you do if you were Zip? If you were Brock Osweiler now, yeah, you, you made 41 million dollars or whatever, and you're not even 30. And you got the rest of your life. And what do we think Brock Osweiler is going to do? Tell you what he's not going to do. Take just any job. You're not going to find him on ZipRecruiter. I can tell you that much right now. He doesn't need to be one of the candidates that you can find on ZipRecruiter. Although maybe he would want to be Cafe Altura's director of coffee for his organic coffee company. I can see Brock Osweiler doing that. Being the director of coffee, organic coffee company Maybe Dylan can find Brock on ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you it finds them for you its technology identifies people with the right experience and then invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address ziprecruiter.com slash enter that ziprecruiter.com slash E N T E R ziprecruiter.com slash enter ziprecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Brock Osweiler
1: doesn't need a job. He doesn't necessarily need to be applying for any jobs because he made $41.3 million in those seven seasons racking up an astounding 15 wins. What does he do after his football career now that it's over? He's six foot seven. Most players are beloved in some market that they played in. And for Brock, could that be Houston? Could that be Denver? Could that be Miami? Could he start some business and profit off of his name? My assumption, Ross, is no. I don't think Brock Osweiler's name is enough to market in any of those cities. I can for sure rule out Denver.
2: Well, it's weird because, and by the way, what a bonehead move by him not going to the white house when they won the super bowl. I mean, I, I ripped him the shreds when he did that. I don't care what he says. He'll regret that the rest of his life. What a missed opportunity by him. I mean, you know, life is about moments, right? Life is about experiences that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that he skipped for no reason other than he he didn't want to be around the Broncos or whatever. Give me a break, dude. Um, it's weird because he's from Montana, but he went to Arizona State. I don't know, man. I picture him having a house on in Southern California somewhere, like Huntington Beach, or you know, somewhere like that. And I picture him, Newport, somewhere like, and I picture him, like, surfing every, I don't know why, but in my head, Dave, even though he's from Montana, in my head, Brock Osweiler is going to live in Southern California, he's got a nice head of hair, 6'7", looks like he, you know what he's going to do? He's going to go back and forth between surfing and beach volleyball, doesn't he look, he looks like a beach volleyball player, and just, like, living the life, man, beach volleyball, surfing, In my mind, that's what Brock Osweiler does every day for the rest of his life.
1: Six foot seven. He would make a very intimidating beach volleyball player. And as one of the millennials, Jordan Coden points out, he could make his next career as Robert Pattinson's double. They do look like twins. If you're familiar with the actor Pattinson from all the vampire, what's the vampire thing called? I can't even recall. Not a fan of the young kids vampire genre, <laughs> but I don't know. You make 40 mil twilight. There it is. There it is. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know that I'd have a ton of drive if I made that kind of cash. I would want to go coach the game, go to the high school level. Uh, I think the way Trent Dilfer's doing that today, isn't he? Uh, I think he's coaching down there in Nashville, if yes. I recall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you had that kind of money, could give back to the game that gave you so much and didn't need to worry about the cash for me, top of my list?
2: Yeah, you know what? I. I My list would be um, being a high school coach would be high on the list. And I I don't think I want to be an offensive coordinator. I think I either want to be the head coach or the offensive line coach, maybe like a division three head coach or offensive line coach, like in a small town, I think would be cool. Um, No matter what I do, I would like to own a Rita's Italian water ice while i'm doing that so i can just whenever i want pull into the store and get like a mango gelati they put the ice cream on the bottom the gelato then the italian ice mango is the best flavor then more ice cream on top i want to own a on the side i wouldn't mind being like a high school sports beat writer but just like high school football high school basketball that would be an option for me too although in football season I'd kind of like to just rent an RV and go from SEC game to SEC game every week. So maybe I coach basketball. Maybe I coach high school basketball after football season's over because I just want to tailgate all around the country every week during college football season.
1: I got to follow up on Rita's, but first we do have proof of the Brock Osweiler- Lookalike Robert Pattinson, Jordan Cohn came up with it. For those of you watching on the Radio.com app, not just listening, there is Brock Osweiler. Yeah, do we have the image of Robert Pat Damn! I mean, it is, it is a just as. I mean, look at that back and forth. I mean, they are the same dude minus the height. Now, I don't think Pattinson looks to me over. I'm gonna say five ten, and so Osweiler's six seven. But before we go. I did not expect the Rita's thing to come out of your mouth there. I'm not even sure I know how good that stuff is. Is that the Italian ice?
2: Yeah, it's a big thing in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. I mean, there's Italian oh. ice, water ice, whatever you want to call it. There's there's Italian ice, ice, water ice everywhere. But in southeastern Pennsylvania, Rita's is the big company. Rita's water mm-hmm. ice. My buddy used to work for them. It is delicious. Now, when I was in high school, I used to just get a big tub of the Italian ice and just eat the Italian ice. And that's delicious. And you can still go that route. But what I like now is the combo of the ice cream and the water ice. You combine the two. There's something about the different textures. And combining the vanilla ice cream with the mango water ice the perfect amount of each and then you put it it's so good dude so good i'm with and that. most of our millennials are in philly and they don't know about it they better recognize and go get some rita's water ice cuz it's excellent Reminiscent
1: of the Mr. Misty Freeze. I don't know if they still have it at Dairy Queen, but it combines those two different textures: the icy sweet with the creamy vanilla. Oh man, now I gotta get out of here. All right, I'm gonna go catch me some Rita's or some Dairy Queen. That'll do it for us. We'll be back on Friday for Dave for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. Home and Home is done today. We'll see you Friday.